listening to The 10 Podcast, the discovery and design channel in health. Tune in with me, your host Matt Patterson, to learn about insights from the world of healthcare today. So it's really great to have on the show today some of the founding members of Maths for All UK. Uh, welcome Helen and welcome Finn. If you could tell us a little bit about how you got involved in Maths for All, that would be amazing. Finn, perhaps you tell me a bit about yourself first. Right, so I'm a GP in North Devon and um, I know Helen and John from our environmental group in XR. So we were already in a WhatsApp group talking about environmental things and plans when coronavirus came along. And I had watched it in the mainstream media. December didn't really realize it was a big deal. I think by about February when things were happening in Italy, I was having panic attacks. And um, I didn't really sleep very well for about a week or two. I was literally petrified and emailing MPs and the government and anyone I could do. I felt like a screaming voice in North Devon with a tr- train that was coming at us and that everybody was sort of skipping around. And I think it came to a head around the time Cheltenham was happening and I felt like I was going crazy and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in a parallel universe. What is happening? So um, my first emails were like, we've got to lock down. And then I was worried about PPE and from PPE got to masks and talking about it with the guys on the group the realization how useful cloth masks can be and then it kind of filtered in through that helen what so you on that same whatsapp group right how what's your background and how did you come to have some influence um so i'm a former public health doctor um and i'm now a green city councillor and i'd been watching just with horror what was happening or rather the inaction on the part of um, government um, in terms of the the pandemic Um, the measures when they were talking about containing it it was like this isn't containment you know that that the level of testing that was going on was 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 truly shocking far too many people who were had some sort of connection with Italy weren't getting tested and it wasn't just Italy and so and 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 yet I started to doubt myself. It's like, you know, public, they're saying this is the science and public health England saying this. And it's like, okay, I haven't worked in public health for a while. Have I got it wrong? And and I'm like, no, this is, what's happening is is, is just clearly quite wrong. And I got in touch with a couple of other public health people. And then one of those who was working in public health, I realized that they were just probably so swamped that they were just taking messages from, you know, whatever public health England was saying and, and going with that and not stepping back and looking at this bigger picture. So I was a bit angry with myself actually that I didn't take action as, as I was watching this car crash of the increasing numbers of people who were going to die um, as a result of government inaction. So then the mask thing came up and I'd, I'd initially thought well I don't know I don't know what the science is regarding masks then I saw the Czech video and I thought 
that's really interesting um and i thought well i'll, I'll look into that and and I, I did a little bit of background research talked to someone else who i i knew had been looking at this stuff and it was like yeah actually this is a really straightforward measure for us to be taking looked looked at the science as much as i could and just thought yeah we we should be doing this so then i went to my local council asked them you know can you start to promote masks um mask wearing you know to protect you know so that we're protecting each other and reduce the slow and they say and they were saying no we, we you know we we're following government guidance on this so we're not we're not going to do that at which point i thought well actually we're going to have to change government guidance then aren't we um and i thought we need a masks for all uk i looked online to see if there was one didn't find anything well okay let's set up a facebook group or something I had to go again and then discovered that actually um a guy in leeds anthony had um already set up a masks for all facebook group so i got in touch and said look can i help um and it sort of went from there really he i got involved with that helped him with that um we put started putting the call out for people to help and i was aware of the conversations going on that finn was talking about um in the doctors group as well so i knew she was doing the pp so got in touch with finn about it too so yeah that's my journey and brilliant finn what happened next um gosh so we had a meeting i think i mean to be fair Cheltenham was six weeks ago wasn't it this feels like a lifetime ago i honestly we have all lived a thousand lifetimes in the last six weeks but i think it was 10 days ago i emailed it was that first weekend we were just talking about things and i emailed sadiq khan the mayor of liverpool and nicholas sturgeon and we ended up having a zoom meeting and we got the website sorted out over the next two or three days and then i can't remember because i'm also working and i don't really know what weighs up or down now i just it's been a blur so so a letter was written at some stage that went to the government right i wrote an email to it went to nicholas sturgeon sadiq khan and the mayor of liverpool and i think at that point i also emailed my mp i didn't actually email the government sorry Welcome, John. We've been joined by John to the podcast as well today. So, John, we're middle of the story in relation to what happened in relation to Mass for All. We have uh, got to the stage where a group of you have got together. A letter has been written. Just give us a little bit of background of yourselves. Where Where are you based, and what do you do? Are you a GP too? Yeah, hi. Sorry to be late, guys. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm a GP retired actually in October. Um, just started back with the COVID service after waiting a bit too long on my bed. Yeah, and obviously very interested in trying to do as much as we can to protect the people from this, this dreadful pandemic sweeping the whole country. And uh, that's how, you know, Mask for All attracted me immediately and uh, threw my energies behind it straight away. Brilliant. A lot, has, a lot has happened in the last month. What have been your highlights, the three of you? What have, where have the high points been? Helen? I think that the first thing has just been the amazing collaboration of people who've got involved in this project. And as we've needed more people to get involved, they've just appeared. So fairly early on, we we got Hannah from If Not Now Digital got in touch with us um, and offering to help us and develop and take over sort of our our social media platforms. And that was just phenomenal. She She just took us from you know, being me and Anthony just like, okay, we want to, you know, we need, we need all this social media stuff, but how do we make it happen to actually that happening? And 
over time other people have come in so we we found Giles Tannock who's a former MEP and a, a doctor as well who was campaigning on Twitter Elizabeth who was campaigning on Twitter so people we found people and we've been able to bring people in um I mean we got we we got in touch with you as well and you'd been thinking about some of the same stuff and looking at the same stuff and what rather than us all doing our separate things I think it's just been beautiful that as a group of people from different backgrounds we've all just worked together so so that's that's the sort of first big success but then you know I just think it yeah I I think we've achieved amazing things. You know, we've we've had a lot of press coverage. The letter from 100 Doctors into the Times really spurred on the, the, the media interest and we started getting interviews on the back of that. Further letters that went out again, more stuff went out to Nicola Sturgeon and the, the devolved leaders, um, say Sadiq Khan taking it on board. Nicola Sturgeon actually then stepping up and saying, yes, you know, we, we're going to start recommending um, face coverings for people in enclosed spaces. And, and each of those then brings more media coverage. So on the back of that, we got more media coverage again, which again raises the issue. So it's, it's, it's a mass of things coming together. And, but just the dedication and commitment of the people involved and the amount of work and effort that people have put in to make stuff happen within this campaign and a determination that you know, this is so important because every day we're not wearing masks as a population where, you know, more people are potentially getting infected and someone somewhere in that chain of people dies. And it's still it's still massively frustrating that the government is not just seeing that this is such a simple public health measure that we could all be taking. It's still beggars belief, but you know we we've we've done what we've done, and I think we've made I think we've made a difference. John, do you want to pick up on that and then tell us a bit more more about some of the things that may have been frustrating? We've seen some great successes there in a very short period of time. What have been the main barriers? Yeah, and no, just to second everything that Helen said, I mean, for me too, a real highlight has been the way people have come together, and I think that mirrors what's happening across society and all these mutual aid groups that have sprung up everywhere, and it just shows you how when faced with a, a dire threat, how people can set aside which are quite bitter differences in, in the very recent past and come together and support each other. And you know, I've met the most amazing people who are hardworking, capable, intelligent, lovely people. And it's, it's, I really hope that, I think one of the challenges, let me put it that way, of going forward is going to be to maintain these networks and preserve this feeling of togetherness and commitment to help each other and carry that into the next big battle once we've we've uh, hopefully contained and dealt with COVID and that's the climate crisis but that's that's perhaps a, a subject for another podcast in terms of um frustrations i think for me the the the, the feeling of not being heard and and the the government's daily news briefing I, I can't watch it anymore i found i was getting so annoyed and frustrated because it's it's a charade, it's a it's a carefully choreographed event which presents this cheery face. Everything is going according to plan, picture, and quite clearly it's not. And you know, um, the health minister saying just two three days ago that the plan's working, the curve is flattened, and the NHS is is coping. Well, the flat curve still means yesterday six thousand new cases and six hundred and thirty five deaths or thereabouts. I'm sorry, that's not a success. And the NHS, yes, everybody's managed to get a bed, but a third of patients that enter hospital die. 
One third, you go through the doors of the hospital, you've got a one third chance of dying. If you go into ITU, you've got more than a 50% chance of dying. So I think that the whole strategy going forward is, is very flawed and needs careful vigilance, if you like. So not being heard and, not, and, and feeling that feeling of frustration that here we are, all part of this society going forward in tackling this virus and things still being so very wrong and misplaced and misunderstood and you know setting aside the political agendas and there unfortunately always are those but that the strategy still seems so flawed and the, and the narrow base of advice that the government is taking is, is very very worrying and, and frustrating so there's been these hero groups in my words spreading and building up across the whole country and people doing what they can locally to make a big difference finn how do you think we got to where we are today regarding mass for all yeah, how do we get to where we are today and where might we be going if we move forward Yes, it's it's hard when you're in the middle of it all and it's so fast moving as well, isn't it? It's very interesting because of the way we live nowadays with social media and the connectivity. It's been the first really big crisis since the world's been so different, has left this massive vacuum. I've kept banging on, you know, about feeling like there's this big political vacuum. Um, Labour have just got their new leader now, but for a while it felt, and when Boris Johnson was ill in hospital, and it was before the, the sort of opposition had been properly established. It literally felt like there was a political vacuum where there was the media, the mainstream media and the public. And we were in this mad kind of free for all. And because of social media and connectivity, it means that people like me and Helen, and I've not even met John and I've only met Helen once, and we can put our ideas together and pull our intelligence and resources and give each other the confidence. If you're thinking on your own in, in isolation, you sort of feel like, am I just mad? But you talk together, no, we're not mad. We're right and we can do this. And so it's brought out the advantages of people and the technology of the society we live in to lead to some really weird people-led kind of society. It's, it's quite bizarre living through it as well. It's very bizarre times. It's, it certainly is. And we've seen, if I think of other connections I have with the 3D crowd, and they've built from 10 people to, or six people to, 7,000 people using Slack as a channel, saying it's a sort of technology-enabled new world that, that we're all part of. And, and I think there's a lot of, there's a lot, clearly a lot of good that that brings to the, brings to the table. What, if you don't achieve your goals within getting people to wear masks for all, imagine Boris Johnson has come out yesterday and, and said, that there is a road ahead where face coverings are going to be part of the story. But imagine that only gets brought to the table when people fully go back out into society, which may be weeks or months away. What do you think will be the uh, consequences of people not wearing masks in the short run? Helen? Um, I, I think if we don't wear masks, we will continue to have people who are asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic who don't know they've got the infection but are infectious carrying on being out and engaging with other people and and some of those other people will catch the infection from them um, we know that the social distancing is is a helpful measure you know we have started the curve has has, has started to drop that alongside the the hand hygiene but that it's not been stopping transmission um and i just see that that people wearing masks is one of the key things for us to really start to jump on this this infection alongside proper contact tracing 
Um, you know, so we need testing. We need really, you know, the testing needs to be ramped up massively. So we need testing. We need a decent contact tracing system set up, which is actually much bigger, I think, than what the government is currently talking about. So there's that. But I just see that masks really play a part in it. And for me, it's about having read and, and seen what I now understand about masks. And this really, to me, it isn't rocket science. We don't need randomized controlled trials to tell us that a mask is going to, to help in this. It's basic, simple physics. You put something over your mouth and you stop some of those bigger droplets coming out of your mouth towards somebody else. And, and the, you know, the science is there that, that when the when the droplets evaporate, that the particles potentially remain suspended in the air. You know, so we just stop as much of the virus heading towards other people. And I think the other big thing for me, and, and I, I think this is a real social justice issue, is that, you know, we've got key workers who are having to be out there and having to, you know, carry on working and they're keeping our services running. And they've been at much increased risk because there's meeting so many people coming in and it just takes one of those people to pass on the infection to them and they get it and there's the issue about dosage and if they end up with a higher dose because several people have come to see them and they've ended up catching it in those interactions where you can't socially distance when you can't be that far apart I, I just think it's the socially responsible thing to go out and, you know, my mask protects you and your mask protects me. And I think that's a beautiful, simple me measure. And if only the government would just come out and say that, rather than this idea that's going to give people confidence to wear a mask, as was, as was being suggested by our prime minister. You know, it's, it's that we, the public has shown quite clearly that when they understand why something is important, and particularly if it's protecting our key workers, they will do it. So just give them a simple message. It's not rocket science. I mean, so, so my mask protects you and your mask protects me. John, you're in Brent, if I'm right. What's it like on the streets? without that message out there today. So what do you see? It's what is the highest area of uh, infection, I believe, right in the country at the moment. Yeah, that's, that's right, uh, Matt. Uh, Brent is one of the boroughs, one of three boroughs with the highest death rate in the country. And I think that's largely because of the very high uh, black and Asian um, population, the two thirds BAME in, in Brent. It's very frustrating. It's, it's you know, and I think just to, to quickly follow up on, on, on Helen's points, I think, you know, if you look at the timing, lockdown has now been, what, six weeks? And there were 6,000 new cases yesterday. So those cases were, uh, those people got infected within the, the lockdown period, okay? So by no stretch of the imagination can we argue that lockdown is working. Yes, it's, it's, it's reduced, you know, uh, exponential spread, but the 6,000 known cases are tests still done largely in hospital and are, are probably a significant under-representation of the true figure. And as Helen has just outlined very clearly, the, the, the addition of masks to that could well make a, a very big dent in those figures. And it's just beyond me too how we cannot do it. So, you know, out on the street, I mean, when I go shopping on the high street, I go into a small corner shop and I get very anxious because people, you can't socially distance in a small shop with the best one in the world. And those are the very places where we need masks once again. Um, there are quite a few people who are wearing masks, maybe 20%, depends where you, where you go. And I think the more deprived, the, the, our borough is very, very, there's, a, there's a quite a nice posh 
rich area and, and, and then quite a lot of more deprived areas. And the further you go into the more deprived areas, the more you see social distancing and, and uh, not being observed so so assiduously and fewer masks. And that's not surprising at all. It's not that people are stupid and don't understand. It's just that they live in much more crowded conditions and they've got you know they they worried about uh, um, drawing your unemployment benefit and don't and and are not on social media and watching the TV about the mask debate and that's why I think the government is so derelict in its duty. It would be so straightforward to implement this and to give a clear message of why it's important and why it needs to be done. And and I don't and like Helen, I don't even think you'd need to make it mandatory. Although there's there's probably another discussion in that. But the, the, the British people have been magnificent throughout. This. They have adopted lockdown. If you explain to people carefully and clearly why something is required, they are responsible and intelligent, and they can really hold more than one idea in their minds at one time. They can maintain lockdown. They can maintain social distancing. And for goodness sake, they can wear a cloth cover over their, over their mouth and nose to, to help make this thing um, more controlled. And, and they can also build companies, build groups, provide visors, provide, provide masks, get together, All of that. raise funds for a hundred year old guy and, and the rest and the rest and clap every Thursday night as well. I always ask all my guests a magic wand question, which is if I had a magic wand for each of you, what would it deliver in relation to the mass for all campaign um, and why? starting maybe film with you the government uh ruling it mandatory to wear masks outdoors full stop all cases outdoors outdoors in shops outdoors whenever outside the house define outdoors for me outside the house keep it simple outside the house down in the countryside there's the odd person on a bike with a mask on just everyone outdoors maybe draw the line if they're in the sea if someone's gone surfing they might struggle with the face mask but other than that it just keeps it simple i think they do that in asia anyway and John, for you too? Yeah, like I said a minute ago, mandatory probably is necessary. I'll, I'll change my, my mind a bit and join Finn on that because the risks are so great. But I think the vast majority of people will do it voluntarily and embrace it. And what I'd like to do is let, let's make it fun. Let's make it trendy. Let's, let's have all the celebs, you know, putting on nice dance videos on social media and saying how cool it is. And then all the kids will get on board and then social pressure on, on, on each other will make it really happen. I mean, for goodness sake, they did it in four days, I think, in, in the Czech Republic, from zero masks to 100% masks. And they did exactly that. So it can be done. And Helen, what would, your, what would my magic wand deliver for you? Mine's sort of a bit bigger, actually, because it's actually a whole paradigm shift of how the government actually looks at this crisis. And for me, it would be about a government that started to put the health and well-being of its citizens at the top of its agenda, rather than this desperate urge to keep the economy and big businesses and the, the shareholders happy and this urge to reopen the economy as, as fast as possible. Why not just support people? financially so that they can get through this and and are not running out of money let's support the population financially so that that pressure for people in unnecessary jobs to go back to work um ceases ceases to be that powerful driving motivator so that when the point that we go back and the point that we start going out in public and lockdown comes comes away 
is, is when actually it's really safe for us to do that, when we've got all of the measures in, in society, in the population, the contact tracing, people wearing masks, and just changing that, pow that paradigm of, of how the government works at the moment. And, and, and if it understood that, that suddenly the, my mask protects you, your mask protects me, makes so much more sense because we're, we become a society and a government that actually cares about each other and is, everyone is looking out for everybody. And I'm not witnessing that at the moment with how the government's dealt with that. So it's been fabulous having all the founding members of Mass for All UK on the podcast today. If our audience want to look up the campaign and get in touch with people, where would they find the information? Um, you can go to um, www.masksforall.org.uk and that's the number four as opposed to F-O-R. Um, yeah, and with that, you, from that website, you can get to all of our social media stuff and you can find out more about us as well. Brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. It's been a real pleasure. Keep up the good work and uh, see you all in a park in a mask very soon. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys. So that was John, Helen and Finn the founding members of Mass for All UK. Um, it was really interesting hearing the background of their story and to see what amazing work and what they've achieved in the last four weeks. If you'd like to come on the podcast, please do email me at hello at weare10.co.uk and come on and tell us about what you have been working on or your area of expertise in COVID-19 crisis. Thank you for listening and following us on the podcast. Until next time... Goodbye.